0: We wanna talk tonight about the topic how to do good in this world, how to be a light, and how to bring out God's love into this world, into the problems they have, into the needs they have. I think that's a big topic today, especially for young people, because I realize that in the time that we live, all the time, We hear by the media, we hear by companies even, that they have such a morally high standard. It's so important to not discriminate anybody. It's so important to stand for love. You hear the word love all the time. Almost in every movie, the message is, love more, love yourself more, love other people more, love uh, your your lover more, just that the word is so often used. But sometimes I ask myself, when the world talks about love, sometimes I think they really mean the same thing that Jesus would say, this is love. But sometimes I hear the word love, and I think that that's totally the opposite of what Jesus means when he talks about love. So it's so important for us to distinguish when the world talks about love, when we talk about doing good and the world is preaching to you to be more kind, to be more loving, to be more tolerant, to be more whatever. Is that the way that Jesus would live too? Now, at one topic that often comes up is the whole topic of injustice. Injustice. We hear it, the media loves to write about things that happen in our culture that are injustice. And they scream at us that somebody needs to do something about it. And I have three, three topics of injustice that we experience in our life. The first one is they often write about oppression. A group of people oppresses another group of people. And we hear about wars and also something that, that really that hurts me in my heart is when I, when I see how many Christians are still persecuted in this world. There's an organization, Open Doors, and I have a map from there. Here you see the countries where, uh, where still Christians are, uh, yeah, there are, um, this, people are going after them, they are killed very often. So it's still something, Christians are oppressed in this country. But when we think back, also in our life, we experience oppression. Can you remember how it was during the corona lockdown when suddenly we weren't allowed anymore to go out in public the way we used to go out and talk to anybody that we like? We needed to wear a mask. And for some of us, that was really an oppression. We felt oppressed by our state. They take away our freedoms. And some felt the other way. They didn't take enough freedom away from us. It's still too dangerous. So we experienced oppression the whole time. The second thing is discrimination. Now, we experience often discrimination in our, in our um, culture. It's a big topic. Maybe you heard uh, you know of the Black Lives Matter movement. For us with it's OK, that happens in the U.S, so it's not that close to us. But still, as soon as it comes into your life and you yourself become discriminated, then it's an issue. Or I, I remember a, a story where I was in church. And my dad was a pastor, and uh, my mom was preaching on stage. And then during the sermon when she was preaching, a man stood up and said, a woman is not allowed to talk in church. You should not preach anymore. And it hurt my heart so much. I mean, okay, you can have different opinions in this uh, topic, fair enough, but to stand up and uh, point to my mother and discriminate her, It it hurt me and it it made me so angry at that moment. Or maybe you, in your life, experience discrimination. Maybe you have a child that has been mobbed in in, in school. Or maybe for your faith, when you talk about that work, people say you are not allowed to talk about this. I don't know, there's so much discrimination. And the third thing, there's such a big, um, can I have it? Uh, social pressure in our culture, a social pressure. So many things that you're not allowed to say anymore. So many opinions that even Christians are not allowed to have anymore. How you view sexuality, how you view gender, it's not allowed to have an opinion anymore often in our society. So there's a big social pressure all the time what you're allowed to say and to think. So. I sometimes think that in the time that we live, there's so much tension that we've never had it that much before, when I look in world's history. But let's look, in the time of Jesus, was there so much injustice at that time? Let's have a look.
1: Did know we you were having small group with Jesus again? Oh yeah, I was looking forward to it the whole week. Just have a chill night with my best friends. Ah! Come on! Whoa. Um, is everything okay, Peter? Yes. No, it's not. Not at all. I mean, those Romans are killing me. Hey, they just came to Jerusalem thinking they can change everything. They ignore our culture and force us to adopt this stupid habits. And if anyone resists to do so, well then.
0: <clears throat>
1: bon nuit. Let me tell you something. This is not fair. It is not. It is not. Okay. It well, is not. He, ah. Just calm down. Have a seat. Oh, let all the anger okay. let it go. Let it go. I have Breathe. A seat. In. Breathe. Alright. Yeah. Let, oh, right. let, let the anger me. go.
2: It's everything. Okay. Uh, this cannot be possible. This cannot be possible. Where is Jesus? Jesus? Where is he? Uh, Jesus is not here yet. Are you okay, Joanna? Do I look like everything is okay? Those Pharisees are driving me crazy. They are coming here and thinking they know better than us.
1: Exactly like the Romans. Yay!
2: Okay, okay, listen. I was drinking a cup of water, okay? okay. A Pharisee came up to me and smashed it out of my hand just because I was holding it with the wrong hand. Like, if he only knew what else I could have been doing with that hand, he wouldn't be that rude to me.
1: Wait a moment. There is a law for holding the cup yes. the right way. Yeah. No! That's so Incredible! Like, yeah, I can't yeah, believe it. Guys, no. guys,
2: guys, just yeah. calm down. You... Yeah. Just no! Filthy Samaritans! Ew! Ew! What's wrong? Let me tell you. So oh. I was at the market. I went to buy, to buy my chicken at the market. And then this, this Samaritan came and bumped into me. And, and then I moved away because they are so uh, filthy. And this dude bumped into me again. And then I lost my chicken because of him. What?
1: And then? What happened then? then? What happened?
2: And then everything went crazy. The chicken was running, away, running around the, the whole market. And this Samaritan came and we started fighting, you know? And then, and then the, the, the Roman police came and started accusing me. They blamed me for everything. And then the, the Pharisees came started quoting the, the, the laws while the Samaritan and I were fighting.
1: Screw it! No. The Romans I curse! Yes. 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 Like the Pharisees.
2: like they are so unfair.
0: I know. Let's start a protest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Come on, let's
2: go.
1: Okay. Okay. Jerusalem,
0: out Jerusalem, out Jerusalem, out Jerusalem, out Jerusalem, out Jerusalem. Ow. Whoa. What's happening?
1: Jesus. Oh, oh. Sit, sit down, down. Sit down. Oh, be quiet. Dear. Be quiet. Hello. Hey, Jesus. How are you? Yeah, we fine. Everything peaceful. Uh, when are you coming? Ten minutes? Oh, great. Yeah. Well, we got visitors tonight. And who's that? Shh. Oh. No, 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 no. I don't have a problem with that. It's all right, no. You know, we're supposed to love everyone, right? All right, yeah, we do that. So, see you then. Bye, bye, I love you, Jay.
2: So what? What did Jesus say?
1: We've got visitors tonight, our small group.
2: Nice. Uh, From who? Okay.
1: From who? A Roman prostitute. A rich Pharisee and a merciful Samaritan. Jesus said uh, we should welcome them warmly. As well. Great.
0: Jesus was living in a time where there was so much injustice. When we look at the oppression that the Jews were experiencing, that was, a, that was, that was so huge. Now, the Romans were so famous for their brutal oppression that they did. Like the, the, that's why Jesus was crucified. That was the most brutal way of killing somebody. But, they, but in this time, they also had a lot of discrimination. Like the Samaritans was a, a, a tribe of, of Israel that mixed with other uh, tribes around them. So they did choose discriminated big times. They were thinking so bad about them and didn't want to have to, anything to do with them. And the third thing like the social pressure in this time, the Pharisees were always looking at Jesus and his disciples. What are they doing? Is there anything they are doing wrong so we can pick on him? So all the time they were under control, uh, controlling eyes of the Pharisees. So Jesus experienced a lot of injustice. So he is a great example. How can we deal when we ourselves experience injustice in our lives? And how, what can we do against it? Because often the injustice does something with our hearts, and that's, that's normal. But Jesus meet, met in his time, he met Romans, he met Samaritans, and he met Pharisees. And he wasn't always just angry, he wasn't aggressive, he found a new way. But let's look at this.
3: Yes, what I love about Jesus is that you can't put him in a box, hey? You can't you can't put him like you can't categorize him, and he just reacted so many times differently than anyone would expect about him. And uh, these times we saw it, they don't they're not very different to the times today. I'll be honest with you, like to be my age as a young Western man to live and face life today is very challenging, because on a daily basis I get confronted. With the fact that I need to have an opinion on every topic all the time and it better matches the opinion of the one I'm talking to. Otherwise, we saw it in the (laughs) the theater. The best example we all know it was in the corona time. People ask you, you are not vaccinated? How dare you not be vaccinated? You are vaccinated? Do you know what is in this vaccine? Like, are you crazy? How dare you, you're being vaccinated. And you're like, just let me live, man. Like, let me breathe a little bit. And this is one topic, but like, I feel like in the last years, this just, uh, this happened in every, almost every topic in our lives. It's always this mentality of, are you for or against? Are you pro or are you con? Are you for us? Are you against us? Are you for us? Are you against us? Are you for us? Are you against us? Are you right or left? Are you pro-climate change or against climate change? And if you have not the same opinion as anyone else, you got problems. Or if you didn't have the opportunity to even build an opinion, or you just refuse to polarize and take a side, And then you get to feel what the driving force behind a lot of people and a lot of movements nowadays is. It's anger. Anger about injustice. And let me get this straight. To feel anger when you see injustice is not wrong. To not tolerate injustice and actually fight it is not wrong. But let me ask you this question. What is the right way to do that? Is it really the right way to be moved by anger? Is this what, what Jesus modeled 2,000 years ago? Is, is anything allowed as long as we get to the point of justice? Some of us maybe think, yeah, God, like God is a God of justice, so I have to care for justice, um, and He sits up there and He says, like, as long as you guys just get to the point of justice, you do whatever you want. I don't really care. He actually does care. You see the problem with anger is that when anger is the driving force in your life to get to justice, sin is not far behind it. We have to know as Christians that anger has a huge potential to lead us into sin. Paul says, Paul speaks about that in in, in the book of Ephesians. He tells the church in Ephesus that actually um, in your anger do not sin. And it is a fact that anger often leads us to pick up weapons that Jesus would never, never give us into our hands. And we think we fight injustice, all we do is we just create more injustice. One of those weapons is a hard heart. Anger has the potential to create a hard heart in your life, within you. I brought this here as an illustration for a hard heart. Is this a morning star? I googled it. It's called Morning Star. I didn't know that, <laughs> but it's really nice. And why is this a hard heart? This here is a hard heart because it has, it, has, it has spikes, it's heavy, it's cold, and it has the potential to actually hurt people without having to be close to them. You can swing it. I'm not allowed to swing it because it can maybe fall down. So I put it back. <laughs> <laughs> A hard heart. How do you know you have one? Think about the thoughts you have about those people you think they're responsible for the injustice in this world. What are those? Positive. You actually are able with a hard heart to judge people for their actions without even wanting to get close to them or get understanding. A Couple of years back, I was part of a missions organization in Australia, and we had a lot of missions. Um, we did a lot of missions overseas. I was for three months in a slum in Manila, in the capital of the Philippines. And we worked there for three months, and we had one day off. And in this one, on this one day off, we would go to the shopping malls because that was the only place that was a little bit cold <laughs> and we could survive there. And there the, the, the gap between rich and poor was huge. And there was always the same, it's, it's the same thing that happened that we saw. We saw this, those old white guys with those really, really young Filipino women. And this is a taboo topic in, in, in the Philippines. No one talks about it, but everyone knows what it is. These are sex tourists. And nothing made me more angry than the fact that sex tourism exists. And one day I sat on the roof and I talked to God about it. And I said, like, you know what? Like, these, these men, those men, they, they disgust me. How dare they do that? Like, how, this is, this is for me, the, 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 how do you call that? Like, it's, it's, it's just like, there's nothing more unjust than that. How can they do that? They're gross. And in that moment, I heard the father's voice speaking to me. How dare you speak like that about my children? And you know, I could hear how something broke off my heart. And I realized that a hard heart actually prevents me of seeing people the way God sees them. And let me tell you this hard heart will never never produce anything good in your life Amen <laughs> Amen.
2: Amen come on The Bible tells us That anger of man doesn't bring justice before God. But still, when we are faced with injustice, there's something inside of us that wants to bring justice, and we want to bring it now, and we want to bring it ourselves. So we have the tendency to pick up the armor of self-righteousness, and we go into war against injustice, and. We somehow think that when evil is answered with evil, it's right. Or when the enemy, uh, when the villain in the end of the movie is dying, it seems okay for us. I am in a project in refugee camps in northern Iraq with ABC and ICF, and we spend a lot of time with people. We drink drink tea with them, and one family invited us for dinner one night, and they were so happy to talk to us because they said. We read the Bible, and we like what we read, but we read about loving your enemy, and we don't like that. And this family, all of these people in these camps, they have been through great tra- uh, tra- trauma, trauma, sorry. and they have uh, lived through great injustice. So we could tell them why we Christians are able to love our enemy, because Jesus died on the cross for us, because we have mercy that we can give to others even though they don't deserve it. We told them that God is a righteous God and that he is just and we can trust on him to bring justice for us. In Psalm 29, it actually says that justice and righteousness is the foundation of God's throne. So we have a God, his kingdom is built upon justice and righteousness, he is just and knowing that we can trust on Him. Of course, for me, it's easy to say that because it's not my battle, it's not my conflict, and I, I am not a refugee. But a few weeks later, one of a good friend of mine in the camp, he told me a story of how he tried to um, illegally cross the border to get away from a war zone, and they caught him, and they put him in a cell that was so small that he couldn't even lie down and stretch out. They treated him really poorly. And hearing that broke my heart, but it also made me so mad. To hear that someone that I love, a good friend of mine is treated like that, made me so angry. And all of a sudden, I myself realized that I was in the position where I wanted to put on this armor of self-righteousness and where I was struggling to let go and to trust on God.
0: The third thing that can happen with our hearts is that we have condemnation. You know, we are Christians and it's important for us to judge what is good and what is not good for us to do, and still Jesus said, when it comes to other people, do not judge. Do not judge others, or you will be judged. You know, in my heart, I'm, I'm so quickly there where I, I walk around and everybody, and I'm judging people around. There was a, I was meeting another pastor, and we were talking about other, uh, another church, and I. I wanted to start and talk about this church and also what I think is not so good at this church. And then he stopped me and he said, wait a second. You know, God told me a while ago, never talk negative about another church because I'm still working in that church and you might not see it, but I'm still working and I'm the only one to judge other people. And it made something with me. It, it, it challenged me because my way would be I judge everybody because I know what is good and so I condemn other people. But Jesus challenges me a lot. Even though I see injustice to not be the one who condemns other people and to lay it down before him. Let's look again at the, how Jesus handled this people where he experienced a lot of injustice. But when we read in Luke 7, Luke chapter 7, we read of a, of a centurion that comes to Jesus because his child was sick. And he said, Jesus, you don't need to come there. Just speak a word of faith and, and, and the angels will work and he will be healed. And Jesus honored this centurion. He was a Roman, an oppressor. But Jesus still saw this one man and he honored him for his big faith. Or this Samaritan woman. We read it in John 4. Jesus shouldn't have anything to do with Samaritans. Especially now with women of uh, Samaritans. But he was there talking to this woman that he met at the well. And then when she talked about her sexual life, Jesus could have said, oh, whoa, I don't want to have anything to do. But Jesus loved this person, this woman, and honored her and didn't didn't um, handle her how everybody else would have done it. Or in John chapter 3, we read that Jesus also met a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus. And he loved this guy. And he was preaching the most famous Bible verse to this man. For God so loved the word that he gave his only son. So Jesus was fighting for the salvation of this man and loved him in this thing. So his heart did not grow hard. He wasn't self-righteous. And he, of course, he never condemned these people. He came to save the world and not to condemn. So it's important for us to lay down our weapons of anger.
3: You know, the path of anger leads to to a hard heart. But the path of love, path of Jesus, leads to compassion. Big difference. And it's time to actually lay down the weapon of a hard heart. And you know, the thing is, with a hard heart, it's often a blind spot. No one one of us is like, oh yeah, I, I got a hard heart. It's something that God needs to convict us. The difference between a hard heart is a hard heart will make you a worse person. But compassion will make someone else's life better. A hard heart draws a line in the sand and says, Everyone who's over there doesn't qualify for my love. Who is different, who, who doesn't just things. But compassion draws a line around those people and says, We're in the same boat together. Let me take care. So compassion is nothing else than actually see a need and do something about it. Start listening to the stories of people you don't agree with. I had amazing talks after this event when God spoke to me about those sex tourists. I had amazing conversations with those men where they told me their stories about their childhood, about their parents. And it didn't justify what they did. But it gave, gave me an understanding why they came to that point. And I actually got the authority and to speak the truth of God into their lives. So a hard heart will isolate you, will remove you from other people. But compassion actually moves toward the people. And you can make a choice today. You will get to a point, either today or in, in the future, where you have to decide, do you want to be someone with a hard heart? Or do you want to be someone like Jesus? You can't do both.
2: So good. A couple of years ago, God already convicted me of anger in my heart. I was biking to work every day, and so often a car almost hit me on my back. This um, recklessness of cars made me angry. And I started to more often curse after this court. I arrived at work slightly pissed off, and I told my um, working mates uh, what had happened. And maybe I thought that I was standing up for my right, you know, putting on this armor of self-righteousness. Maybe I thought I was standing up for other bikers, but actually I wasn't doing anyone a favor. The Bible says that anger of man doesn't lead to justice before God. So only God can bring complete justice. So what we can do against injustice is to serve God, to submit our anger and our emotions to his will, so his will can be done, so his kingdom can come, so his righteousness that comes in mercy can come to our world. So what I did is I asked God, okay, I'm putting down this armor of um, self-righteousness, what do you want me to do? How can I serve you every morning when I bike to work? And of course I already knew the answer because Jesus tells us in Luke 6:27, he's talking in the Sermon of the Mountain, and he tells us to love our enemies, to, to good to those who hate us to bless those who curse us, and to pray for those who mistreat us. We are called to bless and not to curse. We are called to serve, to pray. So I started every morning when I was on my bike and a car almost hit me and I got a little bit angry. I started blessing the driver, praying for that car. And what it did, it reminded me that on my life, there is an undeserved blessing from Jesus and what he did 2,000 years ago that I can give to others who don't deserve it. Mm. And every morning I arrived at work and I was thankful for what I had in Jesus. These stories that I hear in Iraq are not so easy for me to just, you know, to deal with. It's a long process that I'm still in and it's a dialogue with God that I need to get His perspective. And every day I have to choose to trust on Him, to believe in Him that He will bring justice to those people. I cannot solve their problems. My self-righteousness will not solve their problems. Only He can bring justice, complete justice. And the best that I can do for these people is to serve God, to serve Jesus. And sometimes it's hard for me to pray for situations. Sometimes it takes me half a day of crying in front of God because it's so painful for me what I see. And sometimes I struggle to pray for people who I, who I am angry with. So something that has helped me in the uh, past months is to take the Bible and to pray the Bible over those peoples. When it comes to worship, it's normal for us that we sing songs that other people wrote. But when it comes to praying, we always think we have to be so creative. But I figured out, I found out that I don't have to be creative. I can just take the Bible, read those promises, those blessings, and pray this over the people I love and over the people I struggle to love.
0: I needed to learn to lay down my condemnation that I often have uh, over other people, to lay it down and to focus again. I don't want to be famous for the guy that knows how to follow all the rules. I don't want to be famous for my religion. I want to be famous in my life I still love God with all my heart. I mean, that's that's the the, the most important commandment that God gave us. Love God with all your heart. Leave your religion behind. Leave your hard heart behind and just love God with all your heart. And I needed to to, to always lay this uh, down again. All this condemnation, all these thoughts of uh, condemning, of judging others, and just, I am not called to judge I'm called to love God with all my heart. Dear friends, I think there are two groups here. Maybe the people who are rather young. And tonight, I just want to encourage you. Don't let the burdens and the injustice that you experience in this world be your burden in your heart. Don't let it make your heart and uh, and that you always feel this pressure. You need to save the world. Jesus, there were so high expectations that Jesus should solve all the problems. But he knew he was just with the Father. His heart stayed compassion for the people. He was a blessing where God led him. And he loved the Father and was obedient. That's enough. You don't need to save the world's problems. It's enough. And the second thing, maybe for the elder people who are in here. Are standing already in the second half of your life. Be an example for the younger people. Sometimes we think to be passionate for Jesus is something for the young people. You know, they're still young and passionate. But the problem is who is raising up um, the, the flag for people. It's, it's good to follow Jesus over decades. He is good over decades. It needs people who are experienced in their face to stand up and still be compassionate, and especially the younger generation needs all the people who are still loving Jesus with all their heart, who are still here worshiping and dancing and loving the Lord after following Jesus for decades. You know, that's so important. That's a light in this world. And you, you, you're going to do more in, in, in this world than you think by being this example.